I'm Andrew Smith, and this is Today in Church History, a place we're reminded that history is truly his story. History is the story of God and the demonstration of his glory in the theater of world events. Today is Wednesday, December 11th, 2019. But on this day in history, December 11th, 1518, the great Swiss reformer Ulrich Zwingli made a decision that literally changed the course of history. Zwingli is considered to be the father of the Swiss Reformation. Originating from St. Gall, Switzerland, Zwingli was educated in Bern, the heart of Swiss Reformation efforts prior to Pharaoh and Calvin's arrival in Geneva. He was ordained as a priest in 1506, from which point he pastored in Glarus for ten years until the year 1516. Noted as being a student and admirer of Erasmus, Zwingli copied his own version of the Greek New Testament and was an ardent researcher of the Church Fathers. From the years 1513 to 1515, Zwingli served as a military chaplain for Swiss mercenaries, a common and acceptable job of many Swiss men who were coveted among the armies of Europe. Oftentimes, opposing armies had Swiss men fighting each other, leaving a large percentage of the dead on the battlefield, not even composing the foreigners of whose armies the Swiss fought for. When Zwingli left Glarus as priest, he worked for a monastery with a local bazaar shrine dedicated to Mary close by. It was a pilgrimage destination for desperate Roman Catholics. Now, just as Luther's eyes were opened on his pilgrimage to Rome, so too were Zwingli's during his time working close to this shrine, and his desire for reform grew as he watched scores of people conduct false worship at this shrine. It was also during this time that Zwingli devoted large chunks of his schedule to copying down and studying the New Testament in its original Greek. Overseeing Mass once a day lended itself to deep immersion in the Scriptures. But on December 11, 1518, he was elected as the people's preacher at the Old Minster Church in Zurich, a post he held until his death. It was here at Old Minster that reform efforts in Switzerland began to really pick up. And it all began, in many ways, with the decision Zwingli made early on. Early in 1519, Zwingli began preaching in Matthew 1.1 and preached sequentially through the entire New Testament until he was finished. Through these verse-by-verse -verse sermons, Zwingli started a fire where key Roman Catholic doctrines burned under the flames of the pulpit at Old Minster. He upheld the biblical gospel that salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, and in Christ alone. He repudiated the authority of the Pope over Scripture, Mass over the simple Lord's Supper, fasting over being grateful for all foods that are sanctified by the Word of God and prayer, among many other things. The entire city was reformed through his preaching with the addition of key civil ordinances. Eventually, the Mass was abolished entirely, and an institution was established for daily Bible readings, complete with instruction on exegesis for preachers. Now, we've talked at other times about the Marburg Colloquy of 1529, where Zwingli disagreed with Luther on the nature of the Lord's Supper. Zwingli held a memorialistic position over against Luther's consubstantiation. But at the heart of reform at Old Minster was a return to sola scriptura, a point he and Luther agreed upon wholeheartedly and with the same bold zeal. 
Zwingli would hear of nothing unless it came from the scriptures. Eventually, everything in the worship services at Old Minster was only implemented if it strictly came from the scriptures. The Bible was read in the common language of the people. The entire congregation, not simply the clergy, received both the cup and bread at the Lord's Supper. The priestly vestments were exchanged for professor robes, since the preachers were viewed as the teachers of the church. The veneration of Mary was forbidden. Images were removed from the cathedral. But at the heart of the Reformation stood the sequential exposition of God's Word. It was Zwingli's faithful verse-by-verse preaching, week in and week out, from the New Testament that not only catapulted, but governed and sustained the Swiss Reformation. All of this talk of sequential exposition reminds me of another sequential expositor in Switzerland, the Frenchman John Calvin. After being kicked out of Geneva by the angry council and citizens in his first stint, Calvin returned to Geneva three years later and continued his series sequentially in Isaiah that he had stopped prior to his departure. He picked up his preaching series at the verse he left off of three years prior. This is true dedication to the sequential exposition of the scriptures. Sequential expository preachers of today have adopted a cardinal tenet of the Reformed preachers of yesterday, whether they realize it or not. It should not surprise us that God would use the sequential exposition of the scriptures. After all, it only seems natural that the Holy Spirit, the very author of scripture, would stir revival when men of God take the word of God and simply read it and explain it in the order it was written, in the very order that it was given. And such is the legacy of Zwingli and Calvin. It's also true that such is at the heart of any true reformation. One of the great ironies of history concerns the end of Zwingli's life. Zwingli died with a sword by his side, but perhaps not one you'd expect, a literal sword. He died on a battlefield as he served as a chaplain. As he laid wounded, enemy troops surrounded him before killing him. There is a statue in Zurich still standing today depicting Zwingli. He has a sword in one hand and a Bible in the other. Now, I like to think that this picture reminds us of the type of warrior spirit it takes to be a sequential expositor of the Bible. It is a relentless task, one that requires great faithfulness, great boldness, and deep study. It requires a man who is willing to preach the full counsel of God's Word, pulling no punches. It requires the type of study that Zwingli wasn't afraid of. His love for Scripture compelled him to study God's Word and then to unsheath its power before God's people verse by verse every week. Zwingli was an interesting and powerful figure, but it's the power of the sword of the Lord and sequential exposition that serves as his legacy. God is still looking for and still using warrior preachers today, men not afraid to preach the Bible and their local church, as it has been given to us by God, verse by verse, line by line, phrase by phrase, and all to the glory of God alone. To listen to more podcasts, you can search for me on Apple iTunes by typing in Today in Church History. Just remember that history is spelled H-I-S-S-T-O-R-Y. You can also go to my website, www.heartaflame.org. 
As always, if you have any suggestions for future episodes, if you have a date in church history that you would like for me to commemorate, please don't hesitate to write me. You can write me at asmith at preachingsociety.org. That's asmith at preachingsociety.org. Until next time, this is Andrew Smith.